You are listening to a New Season Church audio sermon. Prepare your heart to hear a word from God. I want to carry on uh, talking about uh, what we started the series last week, uh, Exponential. Exponential. And the basis of the series is how when we put God first, uh, we start. We can start to experience an exponential life. And the whole concept of exponential is that it's not addition. Right? You don't put things on top of one another to make more, but God multiplies. It means that He expands and expounds exponential things that we have. Right? So, so the concept is, and if you look at in nature uh, itself, the God's plan for everything was to multiply, was to live exponentially. Okay? God said in the beginning, uh, uh, mult- uh, uh, be fruitful and multiply. When you take a seed and you sow it, you don't create one tree, you create the potential of exponential trees, right? In the, in, the, in the seed is the potential of a forest. So when we understand God and we start to look at how He has created things and the structure that He's put in place, we start to look that actually God wants us to live exponential lives. It means that we are not to uh, add things necessarily and work one by one, but that God gives us seed, God gives us uh, the ability to multiply, not just naturally in the natural like with kids but he gives us the ability to multiply what he has given us right and we looked at second corinthians 9 and i don't want to go over it uh, uh too much if you want the notes i can give it to you from last week um on that note don't rely on the on the on the sermon recordings okay i encourage you to bring a notepad bring a pen bring a paper because even though that's wonderful sometimes technology can can uh, can drop us or we can drop ourselves human error and we select the wrong mic and the recording doesn't record like it did last week so that was my fault so don't rely on the recording just 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 as a side note okay you rely on your notes why because the more notes you take the more engaged you are but anyway uh, so second corinthians 9 we looked at how god gives us seed and we looked at how uh, when we sow sparingly we reap uh, sparingly but when we sow bountifully we reap bountifully and god said in his word that when we in essence give the seed that he's given us when we sow seed back to him what he does is multiplies the seed and multiplies our resources for sowing and then it goes on to say, I think it's verse 10, it says, and you will be blessed in all things or enriched in all things. It doesn't say you will be enriched in just your finances. It says you will be enriched in all things. What does that mean? All things. Yeah. That means that not only do your finances get enriched, but your family gets enriched. Why? Because that's all things. Amen. You get enriched. You, your family, your kids, your, your business, everything around you gets enriched. What does it mean to be enriched? To make more, right? To be enriched, to receive more. But the premise is that God gives us seed to sow. Okay? Seed to sow. So with the, the basis of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the series is we're talking specifically about financial sowing. Okay? Financial seed and financial blessing. Yes, we're enriched in all things, but when we understand that, that primarily when we give to God finances, it opens up a door and brings us into a state and removes us from the cycle of scarcity and brings us into a cycle of supply and, and prosperity. So we saw that, that the, the world functions on the system of, of, of scarcity, right? God supplies. God has given us, you know, God supplies. How does He supply? Well, He gives you gifts that enable you to earn money. Isn't it? How do you work? 
You exchange your gifting, what you're good at, what you've trained yourself in exchange for finances, and then you can sustain yourself. Okay? But how did they do it when, they, when we didn't trade in money? Well, you had a garden, you had a farm, you traded what you were growing, the thing that God gave you, God supplied seed, He supplied rain, He made the thing grow. You didn't grow it yourself. God put things in place for you to be supplied, right? So God supplies. So the system of scarcity and the world works on this is that you God supplies, we consume, we lack, we fear, and then we consume again, right? So that's the, that's a cycle of scarcity. That's how it works. And it works on, on the concept of fear, right? Fear is opposite to faith. You need faith to please God. You need faith to walk with God. You need faith to do the things that God has called you to do. So the world works on scarcity. We got supplies, so we receive. We consume everything, right? Then we lack because we don't have anything left. Then we fear because we don't have anything. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink, right? Matthew 6.33. What are we going to wear? And then God supplies again, and then we do the same thing. Right? And we live in a perpetual cycle of scarcity. That's what a cycle is. You start at the beginning again. You have to do something to break the cycle of scarcity. If you're going to keep doing that's the whole concept of a cycle. You just keep going in a circle until you get to the same spot. And then you start again. So in order to remove yourself from the cycle of scarcity, you need to change something. You need to do something different. So God says, in order for you to get out of the cycle of scarcity, you need to start becoming a sower, not just God supplies, I consume, I lack, I fear, I consume again. You need to break the cycle and say, okay, I'm going to receive from God. I'm not going to consume everything. I'm going to take a part of it, which God says, I've given you seed to sow in the first place. I'm going to sow it and I'm going to eat, eat the rest of my seed. I'm going to sow some of my seed and I'm going to create a supply, a harvest, so that I can, I can remove myself from this cycle of scarcity. Okay, you're with me. That's a small, small recap from last week. So this week I want to talk about, last week the, the message was entitled, Power of the Seed. This morning the message is entitled, The Power of First. The Power of First. It's very important. First is very important. God has a lot to say about first things in, in, the, in the Word. And whenever you read the Word, it's important that you take note of what God says first. Because what He says first, it's, it's basic a principle priority. What comes first is the most important. So when God says, and we're talking about tithe, and we're talking about finances, God says there's the concept of tithe. Now you've heard me say, do you need to tithe? And I've said to you, no, you don't. When I say you don't need to tithe, some people say, oh, Wonderful, I don't need to tithe. And God is just going to shower blessing and financial blessing all over me. And I don't have to do anything. That's not what I said. Because if you listened very carefully, I said to you, no, you don't need to tithe. Should you? Absolutely. So the tithe in the Old Testament has a lot to do with the Old Testament. And we use the Old Testament as principles and patterns for the New Testament, right? The Old Testament is... Uh, is basically a type and a shadow of what the New Testament reveals. So, uh, so God has a lot to say about first, and we're talking about the tithe. Now, I've said to you that the tithe not is not, they don't say anything about the tithe in the New Testament as a commandment. Okay? 
But Jesus said, I have not come to abolish the law, I have come to fulfill it. So he doesn't say, listen, the fact that we are in the, in the, in the, in the dispensation of grace means that we do away with everything before it. No, it means that the requirement for you to be accepted by God, Jesus has fulfilled. Now, it doesn't mean that we do away with the principles that He's given us. Okay? So God gives the Ten Commandments. The first one is, love the Lord your God. Doesn't mean now Jesus has come that we do away with the Ten Commandments. We can just do whatever we want. No, of course not. It means that the requirement for you and I to be accepted by God has been fulfilled. So, in the Old Testament, you had to tithe to be accepted by God. You'd be in right standing with Him. In the New Testament, you don't have to do that. So do you have to tithe? No. Should you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because even Jesus, and I won't give you the scripture, in the New Testament, he looks at the Pharisees and he says, you know what? You guys tithe to the, to the smallest leaf. The tiniest leaf. You tithe everything. Even the, even the leaves. He says, but the problem is you've forgotten the greater things. Love and mercy. He doesn't stop. He says, you should tithe. But don't forget about the other things. So what is, he, what is he saying? Yes, the tithe is important. Should we tithe? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Because there's a principle in it. God has principles and patterns for our lives. The fact that Jesus came and says the law has been fulfilled but not abolished doesn't mean that we can just go around and, and live how we want. You can. You absolutely can. And you'll still be accepted by God. The difference is, is the way that we live and how we function and how we apply the principles of God will determine in what we walk in. So God will say, I love you. You are, you are, you are accepted by me. I want the best for you. But here's the thing. If you don't want to be obedient to me and you don't want to do the principles that I've given in my word to do, it's not that I reject you anymore. There are just certain things you will not have access to. Jesus said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Keys, what does that mean? Access. There are certain doors that are open and that are, or that are, that are, that are, that are locked. Right? And, God, and Jesus says, I've given you the keys. It's for you to, to decide what you want to do with those keys. You're welcome in the house. God says, come through the door. Jesus is the door, right? Come through the door. I come into the house of God. I'm in the house of faith. There are different rooms in the house. With different keys and different locks. The fact that I'm in the house does not mean by virtue I'm in the house I have access to everything of the house. I have right to everything. Because I'm righteous. I'm in right standing with God. I'm in the house of God. But I still have to use the keys that God has given me to access different things. Prayer is a key. Fasting is a key. Integrity is a key. Patience is a key. Forgiveness is a key. These are all different keys that allow us to have access to the blessing of God. So when we talk about the tithe, what is the tithe? The tithe is, is the first 10% of all our income. And then the, the, the room just drops because you want me to tell you that you don't have to. That, 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 that you can spend all, you can consume everything and God will continue to supply. And then God will just... One morning you're going to wake up, kring, kring, FNB notification. Two million has been deposited into your account. It doesn't work like that. We are, we are deluding ourselves and living in la-la land 
And the, the world of wishful thinking, if we believe that God works like that, that he has magic tricks, that he's a genie, right? Three wishes. And then he, God gives you, gives you that. No. God says, I want obedience more than I want sacrifice. Jesus said, and teaching them, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. God wants a life of obedience. So when we talk about the tie, the tie is the key to your exponential living. Some of you are converted. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's wonderful. This is just a nice recap and a nice re-encouragement. Some of you are not there yet. And my intention is for those of you that are not there yet, by the end of today or the series, you will have a revelation that, hey, hold on. There is a, there is a greater life that, to live than what I'm living right now. And the key, one of the keys to that is honoring God with the first income that I get. So the tithe is what is the first 10% of, of all income that you receive. All income. And the Bible talks about increase. You say, but I didn't have an annual increase. No, I'm not talking about an annual increase. I'm talking about every month you start at zero, isn't it? Every month you get more. That's your salary. What did you do? You increased. You increased. So you to give God the first, the first 10%. Okay? What's an offering? An offering is over and above the 10%. So God says, bring a tithe and offering. I won't get into the offering just yet. I don't want to put too much on you. I'll talk about the tithe first because that's important. Okay. The tithe is the first 10% of everything we receive and it belongs to God. The tithe belongs to God. I'll show you. If you don't believe me, Leviticus 27.30 says, Then all the tithe of the land, watch this, whether of the seed of the land, seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So that means, Leviticus 27.30 means that the tithe is God's. So if you want to switch over a little bit into law, it actually means that you don't, I, I as a tither, do not have the say in what happens with the tithe. If I'm being obedient to God, I cannot say, well, this month I'm going to use my tithe, the first 10% to give to God, but to next month, not so much, because it's not mine. It's actually not mine. It's His. Right? So God says, this is the power of first. This is the principle of first. I want you to take the first that you've gotten, and then I want you to give it to me. Not to me, to God. Okay? If you want to give me your 10% as well, that, that would be fine. Uh, I won't say no. He goes on to say in, in Proverbs 3.9, it says, Honor the Lord your God with your possessions and with the first... Fruits of your increase, Proverbs 3, 9. First fruit, not last, first. So what does that mean? Anytime I increase, anytime I get income, whether it's through my job or my side hustle or someone blesses me with some money, any increase, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to work out 10% and give to God. Now there are some, some exceptions God gives you. Uh, someone blesses you with, your, with a car and it's worth 100,000 and you're like, I don't have 10 grand, that's why someone's blessing me a car. There are exceptions to that. Okay? We're talking about the first fruits. Okay? What you receive out of your labor and the things that you're given, actual money. Okay? So God says, I want you to give me the first 10%. Why? Because it's mine in the first place. Okay? It's mine in the first place. And what does the tithe do? It breaks the cycle of scarcity. It breaks the cycle of scarcity because remember, the cycle of scarcity worked on fear. 
I, I, I got supplies, I consume, I lack, I fear, and then I consume again. That's a cycle of scarcity. The tide breaks the cycle of scarcity and brings us into a cycle of supply. We got this, I supply, we sow, we have faith, our faith increases, God supplies. And in between, yes, you consume. But the whole thing is not based on God supplying and I'm taking everything and consuming everything. Okay? So, firstly, the tide breaks the cycle of scarcity. And it creates a new supply, or a cycle of supply. Second thing, the tide teaches us to put God first. Okay? Deuteronomy 14.23 uh, and this is from the Living Bible translation. It says, Bring this tithe to eat before the Lord your God at the place that He shall choose as His sanctuary. What's His sanctuary? The place, the church, where He dwells, right? This applies to all of your grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn uh, born of your flock and herds. The purpose of the tithe, this is the important part, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. The purpose of tithe is not necessary to bless you. The purpose of the tithe is to teach you to put God first. Because when you put Him first, you honor Him. And He says, when you honor me, I will honor you. When you esteem me, I will esteem you. Seek first the kingdom of God and these things shall be added unto you. There is something very powerful about what you put first. The purpose of the tithe is to teach us to always put God first. So what does that mean? For most of us, well not for most of us, for all of us, when we, when we weren't tithing and we wanted to start tithing, what happened? We had to rearrange our lives. Okay? Why? Because I need to put God first now. So I need to look at what I'm doing with what God is giving to me. What does that mean? Will you have to rearrange your life? Most probably, definitely. Will you have to sacrifice and give something up? Most probably. Is it going to take faith? Absolutely. Faith is the muscle that moves things into position. The fact that you, God has given you authority does not mean that you have the strength to move anything. We walk in here, God, by virtue of the owner giving us authority, delegated authority over this place, we can move chains around. We can set up. We have been given what? Authority. You've been given authority in the spirit. But here's the thing. If I come in here and there's a, there's, a, there's a couch, I don't have the strength to move in myself. So in the spiritual, it's the same thing. Faith is the muscle that moves things into position. In the spiritual, what you don't like, you move it out by faith. That's how you pray. That's why you pray. That's why you declare. You bring things into position. You bring it into alignment. How? By faith. But faith is not a feeling. Faith is an action. Faith without works is dead. You cannot say, I believe and I have faith without actually doing what you believe and what you have faith for. That's why I said some of us, we are in, in la-la land saying, God is going to bless me, but we, we're not exercising any faith. Because for me to exercise faith, I must do what He says. So God says, here's how it works. Do what I say. What does that mean? Well, if it comes to finances, and by the way, Newsflash, finance is the one of the first things and most of the time the biggest thing that God is going to test you with. 
especially if he's called you to do great things when it comes to finances. So you're like, oh, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be rich. I've had a prophecy. Guess what? It's going to require faith. And guess where the biggest threat is going to be when it comes to your finances? So what is God actually trying to teach you and I? He's trying to teach you and I, firstly, to put God first. Secondly, He's trying to build our faith. It takes no faith to give to God last. Zero faith to give to God what's left. It takes absolute faith to give to God what's first. Now you and I can argue. And we can argue, but yeah, you know, and I've heard these debates. But you know, tithing is the Old Testament. And you can have all the theological debate around whether, whether to tithe or not to tithe. The fact of the matter is, it's not about the thing. It's, it's about why you're doing it in a heart condition. Because if I honor God with my heart, I will have no issue honoring Him with my money. Amen. And the people that have the biggest issue with giving is the people that have a heart condition that God is trying to work around because He cares more about your heart than your back pocket. And where He wants to take you has got nothing to do about money. It's got to do about your heart. Because the level that He wants to take you on, your heart has to be right, not your balance. So it's actually not about money. It's about you. And it's about your relationship with Him. And it's not a transaction. You know what I've realized? Most of the time, again, might disappoint some of you, but you start giving to God and nothing happens. Because it's not a transaction. God doesn't want our money. He wants our intimacy. And too many people are professional Christians. We exchange payment for intimacy. There's a, there's a word for that in the, in, the, in the world. When someone pays someone in exchange for intimacy. Well, I think you understand where I'm going. You, okay, a prostitute, for those of you that are a little bit slow. Now, I'm not calling anybody here prostitute. Please just calm down. I'm not saying that to you. What I'm saying is we need to start thinking about the way we're interacting with God. Because if a husband and a wife, if I do things for my wife in order to be intimate with her, whatever, what kind of heart condition do I have then? Okay? So, the tithe has actually got nothing to do with, with, with your money. It's got everything to do with your heart condition. Because God wants your heart. He doesn't want your money. What is God going to do with your money? He's the creator of everything. And someone with a heart condition that's not right before God says, well, yeah, well then why am I, if he owns everything, then why must I give to him? God is trying to build your faith. How do you move a mountain? With the faith of a mustard seed. We're sitting here, wow, I'm going to... Mountain movers, mountain shakers, woohoo! Here's the question. If we can't trust God with 10%, how will he ever trust him when he says to you, go there, do this? We're talking about 10%. We're talking about less than what the government asks you and I. 
And we have dreams. And yes, those dreams are put there by God. We have visions and they're put there. But here's the thing. Access. Keys. Some things are locked, not because God is upset with you. They're locked because He needs you to walk in a level of obedience. Because when He tells you to go and speak to that person, and He tells you to go start that business, guess what you're doing? You're being obedient. And if you can't trust Him with 10%, how will you ever trust Him to go and move to to a different city? Because that's what God told you to do. Or move and start a business. How will he ever trust you? How will, and here's the flip side, how will he ever trust you? With the blessing that he has given to you. I'll give you an example. Ethan is three years old. His grandmother came back from visiting his, or her sisters in PE, and they sent an envelope. And he's like, oh, I got a present. And they open the envelope, it's a 50 rand note. You should have seen his face. He's like, I've got a present, surprise, open it. He had no idea what it was. He didn't have the concept to understand what that, he was like, no, give me a toy, give me something to play with. And here's 50 rand. He has no idea what it is. Now, how many of you know, I'm not going to give him the keys to my car. Because first, he has no concept of what to do with it. He just sees daddy driving. Oh, this is fine. Am I a mean parent? No. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to teach him and I'm trying to see where his faithfulness is. His obedience. When you're faithful or small, God will make you ruler over much. All of us are shouting and declaring, I'll be ruler over much. But are not faithful the small that God has given us. 10%. Second point, the tithe builds our faith. Tithe builds our faith. Matthew 10, uh, Matthew, uh, Malachi 3, verse 10. You should know the scripture by now. Uh, I'm going to break it down a little bit. Bring the whole tithe. What is the whole? 100%, right? 100% of, the, of, the, of your tithe. Not 99, not 100 minus uh, tax. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. What is the storehouse? The church, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will be not enough room to contain it. Floodgates, what does that speak of? Access, opening. What's the key to the floodgates opening? Your tithe. Tithe is the 10%. It says, bring your whole tithe to the storehouse. What is the storehouse where God was? Now, in you and I context, the storehouse is the church where you are getting fed. What does that mean? You sow where you are being fed. So if you're being fed here, and you've been coming here, and you're saying, I've received me here, then that's where you tithe. You don't tithe to T.D. Jakes. You can give an offering to him. It's over and above your tithe. When you give to the pantry, that is not your tithe. That is an offering. Please don't put your tithe in the pantry. That's an offering. That's over and above. If you're not tithing yet, let's start with tithing first. Leave the offering. Tithe first. But I don't have money to tithe. Okay. Let's just work on that. Let's do some practical stuff here. Firstly, how do you do that? We said you have to re- most of us will have to rearrange our lives. Most of us will have to look at what we're spending our money on and say, well, okay, 
What does it look like? So that means you need a budget. I'm not saying be restricted and oh my word to every cent. I don't, I don't check every cent. Okay? I have a general idea of how much money is in the account. And if there's enough, we can do stuff. And if there's not, well, got to wait for more. Okay? Look at my budget. Our budget, we, put, we do a budget together. We have, so, so Samantha works and I'll, I'll have income that comes in and we put it together. And together we say and we sit down, this is how much we're going to give. She doesn't tithe on her own and I don't tithe on my own. We put it together. Why? It's one household. If you're married, your husband and wife, you're together. If you're not married, you tithe separately. If you're married, you're one. Okay? So we decide. That's how we do it. Might not agree with it. That's fine. If you have your own way, that's okay. We put and we tithe together. Okay? At the end of the month, when both salaries come in, we say, okay, or both incomes come in, we say, okay, this is how much we tithe. We do it together. Why? Because we want to be in agreement. Two, when two agree on a thing, it shall be done. We want to be in agreement on what we are giving to God. And it represents what? It doesn't represent me. It doesn't represent her. It represents my house. Now, if you have a different way and it works for you, that's fine. But also, pray over the tithe together. Okay. You bring it into the house. You, are, you sow to where you are being fed. You don't go to Wimpy and eat there. And then go to the next door to turn and tender and then pay there. But I thought the gospel was free. It is free. I don't pay you. You don't have to pay. But God does say you need to honor. And how do you honor Him? But bring it to your storehouse. Secondly, what does it say there? Bring your whole, uh, whole into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. In, where, in my house. What does that mean? That the house that you're part of, the church that you're part of, it is sustained enough to be able to feed you. So you say, okay, am I being fed here? Yes. Am I growing here? Yes. Okay, feed the thing that feeds you. If you're not growing and you're not being fed, then I will kindly say to you, for your best benefit, find a place where you are. I'm not chasing you. I do believe that you're being fed and I've seen it. Okay, I've seen people, and you, and you, you will admit yourself, your life is, is moving, your life is being transformed. Maybe not to the place where you want to be, none of us are, but you're on the right track. There's things that are happening. You, maybe your family life is better. Maybe finances are not so much, but the family is better. Maybe the finances are better, family not so much, let's work on that thing. Okay? If you're being fed here, this is where you tithe. Okay? Do you have to? I'm saying no, you don't have to. But here's the thing. The places where God wants you to go, He's going to look at obedience. And what you're doing is you're cutting yourself off. Off of the knees. God has called me to be this. And God has called me to uh, nations and business. But then you're like, no, but I'm not going to give to the God. Well, here's the thing. God loves you. God cares for you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. But God will not take you to those places. Why? Not because He doesn't want you. It's because you're cutting yourself off. You're closing the doors. You've got the key in your hand. And you're saying... Let's melt it and use it for something else. Instead of taking the key that God has given you, put it in the lock, turn the lock, open the door. Now when you open the door, it doesn't mean that Whoa, there's a treasure. No, it just means you're walking into a new thing. And you still got to walk that thing out. So the tithe, the purpose of the tithe is so what? So that you can come here and you can be fed. Because by the way, and I'll be honest with you and practical, if nobody gives, this place doesn't exist. Not La La Land, 
You pay rent, you pay a mortgage. Yeah? If you don't pay the mortgage, what do they say? Good day, sir. You haven't paid. No, you know, understand the context. We'll never kick anybody out. But that's how it works. So your giving is not, it's firstly to God. Firstly, that's what it does. But the practical implication of it is that you come to a place where you can grow. Where you can be fed. Where you can, where you, where you can start to experience, you can be counseled. You can, God can speak to you. God can give you vision. That's the point. Why? So that there may be food in my house. That's the purpose of it. And he goes on to state, test me in this. What is that? The only time that God says to test him is to test him with your finances. It's interesting. He's so confident about this concept of giving to him. He says, yeah, come. He's almost daring you. He, he actually, the scripture actually says, do not test the Lord your God. This is the only time that he says, test me. I've changed my mind. I dare you. Let's see who's going to be right in this scenario. Test me in this. What does it do? It builds a faith. And will not open up the gates of heaven and pour a blessing so much that you're not enough room to contain it. We are to give our first and our best to God. And He'll bless the rest. Sorry for the cliche, but that is true. God can do more with your 90%, the 90% or you will be able to do more with the 90% than what you could ever do with 100% when you're given to God. I believe that. I absolutely believe that. And I'm sorry, you can't convince me otherwise. And most of you, a lot of you here this morning will say the same thing. You can't convince me otherwise. So what does it mean? Are you, oh, but I can't afford it. Here's what I've realized with a lot of things. You always think you can't do it until you do it. You always think you can't do it until you start. And it's like, oh, okay. Hmm. What happened? I don't know. It's like when you start exercising. It's oh, you're always like, oh God, oh God. Until you go through the gym and swipe, and swipe not just to get points, but you actually swipe to go in, right? And actually spend some time. You're like, oh, I can do five minutes. Okay. And then I can do 10 minutes. Hey, whoa. Next thing, in a couple of months, you're doing like um, an hour. And you're like three months ago, I couldn't do it. Now, practically, yes, you need to go home and look at your budget. And you might be in the position where you're like, I can't afford it. The flip side is, that's not a good place to be in the first place. When everything you have comes in and goes out and you have zero, that is not. So practically, readjust that first. If you're in a position where you can't put in, like there's nothing. Take a look at the budget and say, okay, let's cancel that DSTV. And I was like, cancel DSTV? <laughs> And it's, it's amazing how you'll always blame the kids. But what are the kids going to watch? Because, you know, they need to watch some stuff. Okay? Personally, it's called Open View. 400 bucks. Free. You have a dish. Most people have a dish because you just have DSTV. Plug it into the dish. There you go. They got a cartoon channel. Get rid of the DSTV. Okay, now I've got like 900 bucks if you're on premium or whatever the cost is. Okay, now what else do I use my money on? Okay, well, I take out like every single day. Don't do that. Cut down on that. You see, it, it's going to, what, what is this showing me? I'm putting God as a priority. I'm putting God as, and I actually want to walk in the blessing of God. 
Because every single, every single person that tithes can say, you know what, if I didn't tithe, I could. Every single person. If I didn't tithe, I'd better have a better car. If I didn't tithe, I'd have, I'd have a house. If I didn't do this, if I didn't tithe, yeah, every single one of us can, can do that. But the people that do tithe are the ones that are putting God in first. And here's the thing. They're actually walking in some blessings that the rest of the people aren't. But I'm fine. I have a nice big house. I've got a nice car. Awesome. So I'm fine. According to whose standard is my question. I know people that earn 100,000 rand a month. I know. You know? Don't tithe. No, but I'm fine. I said, listen, if you, can, if you have the ability to earn 100,000 rand per month, without God, then at what level would you be on when you were actually doing it with God? Because God says, I'll lead you in all things. I'll lead you in all truth. I will add things. What does it mean? He leads you to the clients that are going to pay you 100,000 once. So my question to everybody says, no, I'm actually fine. I've got the nice house. I've got the nice car. I'm comfortable. My question is always according to whose standard, according to whose level, because God, I take you from glory to glory. And if you can do that on your own, imagine what you can do with God's help. Power first. Romans eleven sixteen says, For if the first food is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. What does that mean? It means that if when I give to God a portion, what does He do? He blesses the rest. If the, if the portion is holy, then the whole is holy. That means when I give to God what represents my finances, God says, I not only do I bless the ten, but I make the whole holy, and I put my anointing on that, and I put my blessing on that. So it's not just about the ten percent, it's about what the ten percent represents. Jesus was an offering. Jesus represented you and I. It's the same concept. When the first fruit is holy, what does it mean? When I give the first fruit, when I give the first thing to God, He makes it holy. Then the rest becomes holy. Last point. The tithe provides for the work of God's house. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Okay? I spoke about that. Because at the end of the day, the tithe represents two things. It represents you. Your heart condition represents the whole of, of not just your bank balance. It represents your life. Because guess what you and I do? We spend most of our life working. Isn't it? You spend eight, if you're lucky, you spend eight hours at work. Maybe 10 hours, 11 hours, 12 hours, I don't know. You have a side thing. You spend 12 hours working. And now you give 10% of your income. What does that represent? It actually represents your life. Why? Because this represents the majority of the time that I've spent doing what I do to get the increase. So when you give to God, you say, actually, it doesn't, it, doesn't represent my, it doesn't represent my bank balance. It represents my life. And instead of buying whatever I want to buy and spending my money or whatever I want to spend it on, I'm choosing to honor you first. And I'm believing and trusting and in faith that I will receive and start to walk in certain things that I would not if I had not uh, 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 tithed. I jump back to, I don't I can't afford it because I, I think that's an excuse. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to 
kind of debunk it a little bit and try, because I think sometimes when people say, I can't do this and I can't do that, they just haven't been, they haven't used their mental capacity and capability to try to figure out how to do it. Because you know what, 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 interestingly enough, with our brains, when you decide to do something, your brain actually starts to figure out ways of how to do it. It's actually been proven. So when you say, I'm going to do this, and you actually start doing it, your brain actually conditions itself to make sure that it figures out ways of how to do that thing. The moment we say, I can't do it, you've just such yourself, we spoke about it when we spoke about, uh, about a power of a mind. So if you are in, so now you've gone through your budget, and uh, you're like, listen, I've cut out everything I possibly can, and I'm still not at that place. Well, then, it's still not a good place to be in, Right? Now you need to start thinking outside the box and say, okay, my salary or my in, uh, normal income is not getting me enough. What else can I do? And you start doing something else. You start a little side hustle. I don't know. Start selling Avon or Evershane or Herbalife or something. You're laughing. Listen, I'll tell you something. One of those things, and I'm not going to promote it, one of those things put me through university. I'm, 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 not, I'm not joking. My parents, my dad had a PhD in biochemistry. Okay? In the cycle of scarcity. Love my parents. They did the best they could. They, I mean, they put me through university. Can't earn enough. Okay, we're going to do one of these things. That thing put me through university. So you've got to figure out something to add more. But when you add more, don't go, Woo! DSTV, here I come! Because <laughs> the point is to be able to honor God. I be, and this is what I sincerely believe. Unless you're in a hectic situation, I sincerely believe that most of us, 99.9% .9 of us, are able to give to God. 10%. If you are giving to God 10%, God wants to stretch you. Because remember, it's about faith. It's about faith. How do, you, how do you work a muscle? How do you create a stronger muscle? You start picking up heavier things. So if you've been sitting at 10% for a year, and you're like, I'm good now. I'm comfortable. Ooh, I got my 10%. God's like, okay, let's, let's see how we can stretch you a little bit. Build your faith up a bit. Because you get to a point where you become complacent. When you become complacent, you just start to go down. And by the way, it's 10% of all your increase. Is that gross or net? <laughs> What's the principle? The power of? First. So who gets it first? God. So gross. Everything. Everything. Sell a house. Profit of that on the, on the house. 10% to God. Why? You're honoring God with what He gave you. Hey, you're in a house. Who gave you the house? God. No, God gave Because you could be next door on the street. What's the difference? Grace. Come on. Got to honor God. We have to honor God. Not have to. You do it because you want to do, you want to work. And all of a sudden, God starts providing things and starts working things out that you will not be able to do on your own. I've seen how when you start giving and I started giving, the numbers did not make sense. It didn't. Yes, because God takes the 90 and makes it go further than the 100. You heard me talk about walking to we went on holiday a couple of years ago. 
Went to Fisher, had a great time, paid the people. Last day, they struck up a conversation. The guy's like, I want to give you half of your money back. Anybody have it? Why? Because I was so nice. Because it's so pretty. You know? I know my wife likes the way I look, but I mean, it's a bit weird uh, when someone wants to pay me for it. Oh, but that's, there are things like that that you cannot explain. SARS gives you a, a, a refund. What's that? So you're like, what's, what's a SARS refund? Exactly. They give money back to you. Why? And you know, it's not something that I had to work out. It's, I don't, I don't really give out. I'm not going to say anything. I'm keep quiet. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. See you next year. The, I, those are things you cannot explain. Why? Because it's not a natural thing. Why? Because God works on multiplication, not addition. And when I, when, when I give to God, God says, Matthew 6, 3, seek the, 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 the kingdom first, and these things shall be added unto you. I'm going to give you stuff that you couldn't work on. If you're a business person, if you believe that you're called to business, one of the, I believe one of the biggest things, the biggest assets that you have, firstly, is God, Holy Spirit, and then, and then honoring God with, you, with, with the income that you receive. Because at the end of the day, who's your source? Is your boss your source? It's your source. So who should you honor? The one that gives you the ability. Remember the Lord your God who gives you the power to create wealth. How do I remember God? By honoring Him. I'll give you a last scripture just to encourage you if you're not already encouraged. Ezekiel 44.30 The best of all the first fruits of any kind and every sacrifice of any kind from all your sacrifices shall be the priests. Also you shall give to the priest the first of your ground meal to cause a blessing to rest on your house. It's not just about the money. It's the fact that when you honor God and you give to God first, He causes a blessing to rest on your house. Now the blessing might not be what you think it is. Because the blessing is not limited to just money. It's, limit, it's, 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 it's everything. Enriched in all things. How can people that sacrifice for God, that, that, that they give to God, that maybe aren't in a lap of luxury, have amazing family life. Where people on the outside look at and say, wow, do you guys ever argue? Do you guys ever fight? Yeah, we do. Doesn't ever, not like, like three times a year, I guess, but you know. I'm just joking. What does that mean? What is that? That's a blessing on your house. And sometimes you don't even realize it. You don't realize that what you have is an actually a blessing to somebody else in their eyes. I mean, that's what it is because the blessing of God rests in your house. I, I, we've never been about cranking, cranking anybody to give. And you know, this is the first time I think in two years that I've actually done a series on giving since we started. Right? It's the first time. I've only taken up an offering. Why? It's not to crank you to give money. It's so that I, I want to give you understanding and give you the principles of how to start getting out of the, 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 the cycle of scarcity that so many people are about. And you need to start thinking generationally. Because most of us, 
start where, with nothing. Parents didn't give have enough, no. right? There was, no in, there was no inheritance. There was no nothing to get us. That, that what is it? Cycle of scarcity. Where does God want to take you? Generationally. You don't find scarcity in the Jewish community. Why? Because they think generationally. And God says, I will give you more than you, can, uh, more than you have room enough to contain it. Why would He give you more than you can contain? Because there is a generation after you that needs to take on the more than enough than you can contain. And until we start thinking like that and start thinking generationally that, hey, hold on, I need to leave something for the, for the, for the generation after me. God's like, I'll give you what you need. Why do you need more? If it's only about you and what you need, I don't need to give you more. And until we understand that it's not just about us, it's about the generation after us, God's just going to keep you, oh, no, I'll give you awesome stuff, don't worry, but I'll give you enough for you, not for everybody else. We trust that this message has blessed you. We would like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday at 9 a.m. at our Easter's campus.